Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am Cheryl Glick, your host, a Reiki master teacher and practitioner and medium and author of Life is No Coincidence, The Living Spirit, and my soon-to-be-released new book, February 7, 2020, A New Life Awaits, Spirit-Guided Insights to Support Global Awakening. All all these books share stories of our infinite soul potential to understand life and death, intuition and inner wisdom in order to ensure a healthy, prosperous and successful physical life journey. I am delighted to welcome Barbara Mulvey-Little, author of The Secrets Underneath and a former guest of Healing From Within who co-authored Opening Hearts, a cardiovascular surgeon reflects on faith, healing, and love. Hello, Barbara, and thank you for joining us again on Healing From Within. Hello, Cheryl. It's a pleasure again to be in your company. You know, Barbara, for those who would love to hear you discuss the book you co-authored with cardiologist Dr. Savage, Opening Hearts, a cardiovascular mm-hmm. surgeon reflects on faith, healing, and love, and the meaning of life. Uh, they may go to my website, CherylGlick.com, and go to the radio page, April 2018. That's when we did that show. And Barbara, yeah. I want to thank you. You were kind enough to edit the epilogue to my new book, which is due out February 7th. A new life away. I'm excited to read it. Yeah, I'm very excited I, to read it. I know you will enjoy what I wrote. And the epilogue addresses how spirit and a channeled message from our first president, George Washington, directs our troubled nation to survive the confusion going on now here at home and the world in order to remember age-old values and universal goals for the way forward. So that's... Boy, do we uh, need that book right now. Well, <laughs> I wish it was out today. That's why I've been working on it so long, and, and it's coming out now, because this is the time for us to begin to make the shifts and changes that will make life uh, more, how can I say, bring peace and happiness and positivity and joy to many more of us than are presently receiving that those qualities. So, Barbara, as you may remember, my guests and I share intimate awareness of how energy thoughts and experiences influence and create most of our life experiences and how when we have a clearer understanding of who we are, where we come from, and we know we are more than our physical bodies, we can begin to create a healthier, more positive life and work through the challenges and limitations while we conquer fear and ultimately seek what we were born to seek, which is peace, mm-hmm. peace, lasting happiness and peace. In today's episode mm-hmm. of Healing from Within, Barbara will share how her book, The Secrets Underneath, explain how our choices to either love and forgive or to hold on to anger and resentment affect our lives. We will discover we are all the sum total of our life experiences and that much of what happens to us is purposeful and given to us by a divine force of life for each soul for an awakening process which enables us eventually to remember our soul life and how to complete 
our life mission or plan in this time and place. So, Barbara, you may remember that I always love to ask my guests to think back to their childhood and remember a person, place, or event that may have shown them or others the direction or interests or work and relationships that they would develop in adulthood. Because often we see signs of what is ahead, even in the beginning of a child's interests. So think back to your childhood oh, for a moment. That's a hard one. It's, well, actually, it's not not that hard. You know, what my my first inkling as a child was that I wanted um, to heal people. I wanted to be. Um, I actually wanted to help bring life into the world. I wanted to be a midwife or a uh, an obstetrician or something like that. And I, I've always had this idea that life was sacred and that we as individuals could. Um, bring a healing energy. I, I wouldn't have phrased it like that when I was a child. Right. But looking back, I realized I always knew that. I always knew that we were co-creators of life with this great spirit force that I call God that um, offers us um, experiences, sometimes challenging ones, sometimes loving ones. I had very uh, a, a very loving mother. My mother unfortunately died about a, just a little over a year ago, and oh, I can't tell you how much I miss her. And she's actually come to me a couple of times today just to because she knew I was going to be doing this, and just reminded me of her presence and her love. So mm-hmm. I think those were some of my earliest experiences. And then I had an experience in high school, which made me walk away from that dream of being a healer. And um, I, I had a chemistry teacher that didn't believe that girls should be in chemistry class. And I was mm-hmm. so intimidated by him that I actually quit high school. I did go on to college when I quit high school because I was a very... Um, in uh, very bright students, but when I got to college, I had no idea what to do with my life now because my dream of being a doctor was gone, and uh, it took me a very long time to come back around to um, this idea that my mission in life is to help bring healing into the world. I don't do it as a doctor. I'm doing it through my writing now. And I well, hope yes, that, that you, you are a healer, and your writing <laughs> is bringing healing into the world. And what is a healer? I mean, there's many ways to heal. Uh, we are multidimensional beings, so we must heal the mind, the body, and the spirit. And without that, there is yeah. no true healing. So we're working on many levels, and I hear it in your voice. You have a healing voice and <laughs> energy. And uh, the point being, when I was little... I didn't quite know that, what you knew about co-creation, but I did look up very often, and I was talking to somebody. I wasn't aware <laughs> spirit was around me, and I was being guided maybe at that point, although I was very empathic and felt everybody else's situations and pain. And I did see spirit at the window when I was about four, when I was going to sleep. There was oh, like wow. a face at the window, and I felt something uh, touching me on my arms, right? And I would run out of my mm. bed to my parents' bed and creep, <laughs> creep in. I was scared. I was So I, I mm-hmm. guess I never put it together 
that those were souls or angels or guides or teachers because I didn't have much of a religious, um, you know, um, mm-hmm. study at that time, a presence at that time. But But the point being, I only wanted to make people happy. I only wanted to laugh and amuse people and sing and dance, even though I didn't do so well at that. <laughs> I wasn't that gifted. That's what I wanted to do. And ultimately, what is healing but finding peace within and happiness, which is mm. a lasting kind of uh, peace. So that was my drive well, even, and goal. Even from an early age, I recognized that forgiveness was a huge part of finding the healing that people needed. I, I again, wouldn't have connected. Um, it, I was older before I connected the body to the need for, um, you know, emotional forgiveness. But I, even as a small child, when, when I was very shy, very introverted, and um, if people would make fun of me, I had curly hair and glasses, and so I got made fun of plenty. And on top of that, I had to move a lot, so I had many opportunities. But if someone did something mean to me, I would always think to myself, if they really understood how much they were hurting me, they wouldn't do it. And so I always had this sense that people do things out of their own pain yes. Um, rather than, you know, even as a small child I understood that, and I understood that if they knew, if they understood the pain they were causing, they wouldn't do it because I never believed anybody consciously caused someone else pain. And I know a lot of people would argue with me about that in this day and age, but the people that are out there causing so much pain are so unconscious about their true identity. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. That that they do. You know, they they cause others. Yeah. Every experience uh, is based on moving from either a negative emotion or feeling like anger, Mm -hmm. distress, pain, fear, you know, to a positive state of blissfulness or happiness or joy. And, Every experience is viewed by a person unconsciously, subconsciously, and they want to get to that highest state of being. They want to move out of the negativity, but often they're not aware of what's happening or how right. to do it. So, yes, every, right. all our experiences of life are based on balancing. You know, it's like the seesaw when we were children. You could go on a mm-hmm. seesaw. You could be down at the bottom. Or you could be up at the top, right? But the idea was to yeah. balance it all and stay sort of like where you were equally equally balanced with another person. But that doesn't happen so often. We have to work <laughs> at that. We really have to work at that. So let's go on to uh, tell us a bit about your work with Dr. Lester Savage, because I love that book and uh, what he was <laughs> trying, what he was trying to share with the world and what you were helping him do with that book. And did that motivate you to write this fictional story? Because the main character character in this book is Dr. Sean Thomas, who's a doctor. Yes, well, I actually started the book long before I met Dr. Savage. And it started from a dream that I had one night. And um, 
I was telling my husband about this dream and, and, and he said, and then what happened? And I said, I don't know. So I sat down and I started asking myself, and then what happened? And this book started to materialize kind of out of the ether. And I was just writing it down. It, it was like it wasn't even, it was coming through me rather than from me. But what I knew from the beginning was that this doctor, um, who saves the little boy, Michael, um, their, their lives are intertwined because they come from the same kind of background where there's violence in their homes. And Sean doesn't remember the violence in his home, and it causes him all of these problems. He can't love the way he wants to. He can't connect with people the way he deeply desires to. And so the, those themes of love and forgiveness and and being aware of one's own body and, and how it's trying to communicate, it, those were themes that I was um, exploring long before I met Dr. Savage. And when I met him, I met him actually through his son-in-law, who had been my dentist. And when when we met, you know, I could see what he was trying to say in his book, um, but it, it it didn't line up quite right. So I stopped working on my book and, and shifted my attention toward his. He was 88 years old at the time, and he was suffering from Parkinson's disease, and his wife was dying. And so, you know, he had taken it as far as he could. So we worked together. I took his book, and I kind of deconstructed it and then reconstructed it based on the themes that are in the subtitle of the book. Because as I read his book, it was about faith. It was about love. It was about his faith, which I shared with him. It was about love. It was about meaning. And, um, and you know, all of that we get when we're able to forgive ourselves and others for the things that have happened well, in our lives. Yes, his book was also about how life and death actually work. He believed in an afterlife, and he took care Absolutely. of many patients who had had near-death experiences and were in that state of eternal life um, often during the time you know he was working with them. But he, yeah. he understood uh, that an understanding of soul, energy, and life was essential to conquering the fears of many of our human challenges and you have oh, all these you have all like these ideas also in in this fictional uh book that you have written now dr sean thomas uh was the survivor his sister and mother and father died uh, because of domestic abuse the father killed them and a brother too and yeah, another brother. brother too and then he fought, yeah. he saves this little boy in a car and uh, the sister he was not able to save her name was faith and um mm -hmm. and and he finds out uh, that it was the same type of situation a situation of domestic and family abuse and murder and it, it's a very serious uh story and challenge and it's going on there's much of it throughout our culture and throughout well i'm going to ask you who was one of your favorite characters one of my favorite characters was faith because she was the sister of michael and <laughs> michael survived the violence of his father's mental illness and abuse and she yeah. she starts to come to 
uh, in a spiritual visitation to help Dr. Sean Thomas, who had the same problem as a child and was damaged by an abusive father and the death of his family. Uh, do you believe it was a coincidence that all these years later he was there to save Michael, who had suffered the oh, same scenario? Oh, absolutely not. I don't think there are any coincidences in life. And what I what I found fascinating as the story came to me is that Dr. Sean Thomas, that's not even his whole name. His whole name was Sean Thomas, uh, Sean Patrick Thomas Gallagher. And the reason he doesn't use the name Gallagher is because his aunt, who raises him, does, she never talks about anything. And, and he feels so threatened by his relationship with her about her denial of his truth that eventually he forgets it and he doesn't remember how he became, how he came to live with his aunt. She tells him all sorts of lies. Mm. That's why there's secrets underneath. She tells him that his family died in a car accident. They didn't die in a car accident. They no. died when their father killed everybody. Right. But the, the, his name is Sean Patrick because he was born on, on St. Patrick's Day. But he was born on that day because his father yet again had pushed his mother and you know he had already pushed her a couple of times and so the father doesn't see this as violence mm -hmm. and and he go, devolves into this behavior because of his own pain and suffering of losing his everything that he wanted previously so you know you begin to see that what happens in a family reverberates through generations and mm -hmm. whether it's known or unknown that energy stays with a person until it's uncovered and resolved. Yes. And, you There's know, so much suffering. Can... There's so much yeah. dysfunction and suffering in every family. You know, even a family Absolutely. that looks so perfect on the outside. Uh, we're all dealing with traumas from our childhood or from even before this life that we brought into this life in order to create a new relationship with our own soul and spirit and to to do things in a different way than perhaps were done in a past time or place or lifetime so we can grow yeah. and evolve and our essence can Absolutely. be refined. Yes, you do show that in the book very well. Now, while authors write fiction, there is always some part of the story that is related to their actual life. So what in this book is that way for you? Well, I, my parents, each grew up in violent homes. Um, my father's father was an alcoholic, and I understand now all of the reasons behind that. My father actually is an alcoholic as well, um, but he's been sober for 60, let's see, I'm um, 64, he's over 61 years. Wow. Um, my mother also had an abusive father, and um, and she was actually assaulted uh, sexually as a four-year-old, and that was something that was hidden from her consciousness well into adulthood until she was a grandmother, and, and other events happened that drew out that piece of information. And, and in fact, it came out, um, one of the reasons it came out, my mother had suffered with depression all her life, 
And um, when I was in my 30s, I was working with a domestic violence group in New Jersey where I'd lived at the time. And I was in an in-service training. And uh, the trainer was talking about um, the, what someone who has suffered incest or sexual violence at an early age, what their life looked like. And I went white as a sheet. And my, mm. my supervisor came over and she said, what's the matter? And I said, they just described my mother's life. Mm. You know, all of the depression and the, the, the breakdowns and all of this other stuff. And so I called my sister up. My sister's the therapist. And I said, you have to call mom and you have to tell her that she was abused as a child in this way. And my mom went back to therapy. She went uh, to a hypnosis. She went under hypnosis and she could get into the room with all of the people that were present during the abuse itself. But then that was as far as her mind would go. She couldn't go any further. And so she acknowledged that, yes, these things happened to her. So that's how I knew that a child could hide from their own mind these all terribly well, they, awful things that people would say oh you must remember but no, they can't they have to they, they have to in order to survive uh, to survive yeah. the pain is is so severe and let me tell you i have interviewed so many people who have suffered childhood abuse it's something i have a great deal uh, a great hardship in dealing with because I'm so sensitive and uh, mm. I once um, had a patient and in the reading that came out I could actually feel oh. her feeling so weak on the ground and not being able to get up and she explained what her father had done to her and I I, I, I could feel it and because I could feel it she was helped more than almost 10 years of therapy because she was able wow. to release it and another person felt it. And But but I, I, I don't want anyone to have to suffer that way at the hands of other people. But this is what drug abuse and alcoholism and other oh, prob- mental illness do. They, they, these are the perpetrators, and but the victim spends a lifetime trying to come from beneath the sadness and pain of that moment or many moments in their life yeah. to come out of it and well, need so much help. But it is well, part of life. I have to, like you say, forgive and accept. It's a reality. Every soul chooses the family they're born into, and they they want or need these experiences to go to another level of higher consciousness and forgiveness. So while I know that, <laughs> being the truth, <laughs> I still suffer well, so much when I hear. There's such suffering to be had. And the, the reality yeah. is, is that the reason my grandfather behaved that way is because his mother died in childbirth when he was a young boy, and his father turned him out. He, the boys in the family were turned out. The girls were sent to live with relatives, but the boys were on their own. At 11 years old, my grandfather was on his own. And and so, you know, his grief, his trauma was never addressed. And the way that he coped with that was to be cruel to his family. And I don't think he saw it as cruelty. I think he saw it as discipline. And, And it was, you know, someone who hasn't been loved, Right. Where do they learn how to love? Someone who hasn't been loved thinks the world is a 
dangerous and cruel place, and they have to do whatever yeah. they have to do to survive. I know a lot of people like that. You see, I don't feel that yeah. way. I'm sure you don't feel that way. I think the world is a wondrous, miraculous place full of extraordinary uh, miracles, but we have to change every day. Our th- every day. And we have to change our thinking, and we have to, and we have to see perhaps these problems in families and come forward and maybe help at times before it gets too bad. People have to learn Mm. to express themselves and offer help when they can, not turn away, not like the secrets in your book. There are secrets in your book Mm -hmm. that eventually come out when the mother, uh, Sean's mother, comes through in spirit. And by the way, Mm -hmm. uh, do you think, do you believe we can communicate with relatives who die? Yes. This hap- Well, I know it's happened to you because you said your mother today came through, and I'm a medium, <laughs> so it happens to me all, all the time well, when I my, put my attention on it. I wish my mother would come through so I could actually see her, like Sean saw his mother. But the the only time I had an actual experience where I could see someone and experience them was um, when my nephew died. And um, my sister and I had had been pregnant at the same time, and she had a, an awful traumatic placental abruption uh, prematurely. And so her son was born on December 26th of one year, and my son was born on February 26th right after that. And so I couldn't go to the funeral. Um, he, my sister's child had a, uh, died, but then was revived. And so he lived five months and then died again. And so when he died again, it was May. My son had just been born in February. I couldn't leave him to go to my sister because I was nursing. And I didn't feel right bringing him either and perhaps causing my sister that much more pain. Mm-hmm. And so I stayed home, and I was making, during the time that it was the funeral, I was making my children lunch. I had two older daughters, and as I was doing that, my nephew came to me. You saw him. And, and I did, and he spoke to me, and he told me things he wanted his mother to know about how well she had cared for him and, and um, that, you know, he lived a full life even though, it was a short and painful life. Right. There's no um, time limit here. It doesn't matter if you're 90 or 9. You come for a specific soul purpose. And when that is completed and your mission is done, you can achieve more in spirit. Because learning and love go on beyond here. Life goes on beyond here. I don't exactly Absolutely. know all of it, but what I see in vision is pretty amazing. Uh, it's slow-moving and peaceful and expansive. It's like it continues. Yeah. It goes on and on, and the colors are beautiful. But the feeling I have is I am in a state of um, peace and uh, quiet. Dr. Savage, Dr. Savage knew all of that, and when he would operate on his patients, he first would pray, and he'd put himself in, in that a spirit consciousness, yeah. and and then he'd move forward. He'd move forward not on his own, just his own power and his own expertise, which, uh, seriously, the man was a literal genius and uh, so talented, but he felt like he was a vessel 
yes. for spirit. Well, we all that are. That was his job. We are all I spirit. <laughs> spirit is within exactly. us, and we are within spirit. We are awareness. So I want to thank you, Barbara Mulvey Little, author of The Secrets Underneath, for sharing the most interesting journey into the forces of <laughs> life here, both in real life and in the book, here and beyond with your well-developed characters, both in spirit and in life, who help us understand the traumas of childhood, marital abuse and violence, alcoholism, addiction, that affects so many people well into our adult lives. Join Dr. Sean Thomas as he searches for love and healing through a series of seemingly coincidental happenings, which we know are not, to read a very imaginative book of finding the beauty of life and healing wounds of the past. And go to Barbara Mulvey Little. Yes, Cheryl, I, I do have another site where the books are, and it's bmlbooks.com. So just my initials, books.com. Okay, very good. Thank you. All right. In summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, we have discussed a fictional tale of abuse, loss, and lack of love that affected the main character, Dr. Sean Thomas, and how many years later he is drawn into the same turn of events when he saves a child in a car accident and helps this child, who he saves, from the same scenario scenario he faced so many years before. In this journey of faith, Sean Thomas was allowed the greatest gift of universal source to know in his heart that forgiveness leads to healing and healing to true love. We discover that there are many family secrets that if had been revealed or addressed earlier in his life uh, could have led to healing for many of the people involved in his circle. But we also learn that Sean's fainting spells when he starts to have a physical illness and visits to the higher realms of life where he encounters deceased relatives he learns more about love healing and develops new knowledge of who we are and how we can enjoy life both here and beyond. So he receives a great gift through his uh, illness, the fainting spells. He is able to communicate with spirit. Barbara and I would have you know that often fiction is but a reflection of reality and truth. And the awakening of our heart or soul allows us to accept all things, repair broken relationships, and look to the heavens for peace and joy in knowing we are more than this physical life, and life is eternal. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing from Within, author of Life is No Coincidence, The Living Spirit, and my soon-to-be-released released book in the trilogy, A New Life Awaits, Spirit-Guided Insights to Support Global Awakening. Please go to my website to read about and listen to leaders in the metaphysical, scientific, spiritual, medical, and the arts and music discuss the breadth and scope of multidimensional life forces and our search past challenges and fear to find peace, love, and spirit. Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com.